Welcome to Enigma Zone. Today's podcast episode is going to be about the mysterious death of Maitreese Richardson. I think I made this episode before, but it was using either my old microphone, and I think it had music in the background, but the audio quality was pretty bad. So now that I have a better microphone, I think I ended up, I deleted it. So yeah, it was pretty bad. So I'm going to go ahead and do it again. So if this is the first time you listen to this podcast, welcome. Please subscribe and check out our other episodes. This is an amateur little podcast just to discuss true crime, paranormal, anything and everything weird and that I find fascinating and mysterious. So let's just go ahead and get started. So Maitreese Levon Richardson was born on April 30th, 1985. And she disappeared in Malibu, California on August 9th, 2010. Um, maybe you've heard of this case. It's quite well known. Um, she was an African-American 24-year-old at the time. Um, she was native from Los Angeles area. Um, on the night of August 9th, she drove in her vehicle from... I think it's probably the greater Los Angeles area all the way to Malibu, California, which is about maybe an hour, maybe a little bit more, give or take, northwest of the central Los Angeles area, give or take with the traffic and all that. So it is said that she drove on her own and she had dinner by herself at this very famous known establishment called Joffrey's Restaurant in Malibu. This case is quite complicated because and unique and strange because, well, let me not go jump too ahead, but she showed up at this restaurant by herself and as soon as the valet person assisted her in trying to get her vehicle so she would go inside the restaurant, um, I think they noticed that she was acting very strange. She was kind of rambling on, talking about Michael Jackson, and I think something about like the stars, just random strange things that people don't normally talk about to strangers. I mean, unless you're doing a podcast on the internet, but... Um, so that was the first wearing sign for the staff of this restaurant. So she went ahead and I guess got a table by herself and was served. She ended up dining alone. I think she had like steak and wine or something like that. And it is said that throughout the night, she was there for a couple of hours. Um, and that she at one point joined a neighboring party or neighboring table who you know they didn't know each other who they she kind of like intermingled with them and stuff like that but the wait staff made it uh, an observation that she was acting very bizarre they thought she was drunk or maybe even high there was something wrong with her or uh, with her behavior there so by the time she was set to leave um her bill totaled about maybe 80 or 90 dollars and she did not have her wallet or enough money to pay for it there is contradicting information because well they later authorities they later 
find um, her wallet, her phone, and enough money in her account, in her car, like in the wallet in her car. So it's kind of convoluted. But anyway, the restaurant people at... Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? I'm sorry if you heard that. It's my alarm. But okay, so the waitstaff kept noticing her bizarre behavior all through the night. And when it was time for uh, her to leave, she couldn't pay. So she did call her great-grandmother, I believe, on over the phone. Um, I'm not sure whether the grandmother was also in California or elsewhere. But so she was coherent enough in order to call her family member. But I mean... Anyway, so the great-grandmother offered to pay for her dinner, for her bill over the phone, like giving the restaurant the credit card. Um, They refused. They said they couldn't do that for one reason or another, that it was apparently illegal. You need to be in there in person, which I find it to be very strange because, you know, nowadays everybody orders things online or for takeout or delivery, and you use your credit card on the internet or on the phone, and it's not that big of a deal. Um, especially if the person over the phone kind of verified it was their identity. But, I mean, I guess that was one of the reasons why the restaurant refused to take her great-grandma's payment method was because I'm, I'm assuming they couldn't verify that the card they were getting, that the owner was the one actually giving you, giving them the card number and all that, if that makes any sense. So... That was that. So I think the manager of the restaurant or someone else who was in a higher position there at one point kind of told authorities that they called the police primarily because they were afraid for her safety because, like I said, they thought she was either on drugs or um, what's it called? Um, Intoxicated, um, inebriated. And they didn't want her to leave, go driving and get in an accident or anything like that. So they kind of made it seem that for her safety, they called the police. And the police came to Geoffrey's and they gave uh, Maitreese a field sobriety test, which she passed. Um, she was not intoxicated or anything like that. Um, the, the authorities did not note or release or say whether they found her to be acting bizarre, bizarrely. The restaurant stated that she was, but the the authorities did not. So they arrested her for kind of skipping on her bill for not being able to pay for her meal that night. And when they searched her car, I guess at that time of the arrest, uh, they found um, like less than an ounce of marijuana. And they obviously charged her for that as well. So they took my trees from Malibu all the way north through the Santa Monica Mountains or Malibu Mountains. Sorry if that's incorrect. I'm not very well versed with the geography there. But um, to a sheriff's station uh, north of Malibu about maybe 30 minutes, um, 30-minute drive. It's near, I want to say... Calabasas like the sheriff station is like right near Calabasas California so they took my trees there on those charges and they impounded her vehicle elsewhere 
And Maitreza's parents, I think they were quite upset about this because they stated that she had money in her bank. She did have enough uh, money to pay her bills. So they found it strange that the police did not take that information. But so I don't know whether she did not have her credit card on her at the restaurant or if she left it in the vehicle, that's some kind. That's something that I never been able, be able tongue tied, been able to fully get clarification on or find any information on that. Because people say, well, she had like a thousand dollars in the bank or something like that. But at the same time, regardless whether she did or not in the bank, no one can check that other than her, you know, and. How is the police supposed to know or even the restaurant that she let's say she has enough money in her bank account to pay for it, um, but she left her wallet in her vehicle or not? I don't know. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. But anyway, they arrested her for that and she was taken into custody. So, according to a lot of sources, when she was arrested, the officers obviously took her phone, they took her purse, and any money that was in the vehicle, and they found, obviously, the marijuana there. They sent the car to a tow yard on the Pacific Coast Highway near Los Angeles and Malibu, and she was detained at the sheriff's station in Malibu or Lost Hills, which is in the Malibu Canyon. There you go. And if you look at this location, you can go on Google Maps and use the street view, or even just the 3D kind of satellite view. You can see that from Geoffrey's, it's like right near the beach kind of um, to the sheriff's station where my trees is. There's just like a couple of highways, very like maybe less than a handful of major highways and streets that run vertically connecting the sheriff's station or in that area to Joffrey's down south. And everything else is completely very, it's very mountainous, it's very lonely, it's very dark. Um, I think there's some street views on Google where it's like evening or the night's falling and it's like even the highways have no light. So this is going to come into play later, but it's very deserted and it's very mountainous and you can't simply just um, just hike it up because there's a lot of kind of hills and mountains, obviously, and kind of um, very unsafe drops. So you, you either have to go through the highway walking, I would think, or... It would be very, very difficult on foot, which she later did, which we will get into it. So at the after this, her mother, I think her name is Latisse Richardson. She contacted the sheriff's department. I think that either she got worried or I think maybe even my trees called her. I'm not 100% sure. No, I think it was because of the grandmother because of the grandmother was offering to pay for my trees's bill. I'm assuming that she contacted my trees's mother and then she contacted Joffrey's probably and then they kind of referred to her like, well, she was taken into custody, call the sheriff's station, which she did. And the thing is, they recorded this call and they it's public so you can find it anywhere you can find it on youtube anywhere 
And in the phone call, my Therese, not my Therese, Latiz, her mother speaks to a sheriff's deputy or a rep. And he, you know, she asks if she's booked and she describes her daughter. She's very tall. She's, she's you know, African-American, very beautiful. She's 24. And she, and he verifies, yes, she is here. She's in custody. Um he doesn't give a lot of information, but she asks him whether she should go and drive from Los Angeles to Malibu or that area up north, which would be over an hour, to pick her up then and there, or when are they going to release her, like what's going to go happen. And the guy tells her, like, no, we're going to keep her here overnight. Um, you Don't worry about it. it. You shouldn't come right now. I think it was, like, pretty late at night maybe like before midnight, because she's not going to be released now. She's going to be released tomorrow. And the mother was like, she was recorded saying, oh, okay, I understand. Thank you. Um, I know that she's suffering from depression, or I think that came after. Yes, because there's another call that she made the, after my trees goes missing. So, okay, let me backpedal. So she tells her, okay, so then I won't drive right now to go pick her up because I have another younger daughter. So I'll, I just don't want her to be released because I don't want to hear that she, you know, something happened to her and then they find her with her head chopped off, which was incredibly eerie because that's exactly what happened. Like, um, no joke. It's insane so he kind of reassures her like okay okay he sounds kind of indifferent you know um people are saying that they the sheriff's department here that spoke to my trees's mom sound kind of rude kind of like aloof you know he kind of is is like oh yeah like asks her repeatedly like what's you know your name or who who are you talking to like he doesn't sound very um invested in the call but i mean don't they all so that's that. The thing is that my trees was released at midnight. Wait, give me a second. Did I get the dates wrong? Yep, I got the dates wrong. No, she did not disappear on August. I'm sorry. That was when she was found. She disappeared September 17th, 2009. So let me backpedal all the way to the um, start line. So she disappeared September, not August. So September 16th, six, yes. She goes to Joffrey, she gets arrested, and then they find her later on. But okay, so they told the mom, the sheriff's department told the mother that they wouldn't release her that night. They would release her the next morning. So that way, you know, and she they kind of reassured her, like kind of half-assed, like, don't worry about it. Your kid's going to be fine. She's going to be released tomorrow. And then come pick her up. Um, but they that did not happen. My trees ended up being released around midnight on September 16th or 17th. I want to say it was 17th. And without anything. Remember, her car was impounded. It is said that her wallet and everything else was inside the vehicle and was taken. So I find that strange as well. Like, I think there is verification that her belongings, such as her phone and her wallet, were found inside the vehicle while it was at the tow yard. So I find it very strange. Like, why didn't the police take that those items with them to the police state, to the sheriff's station, and not leave them in the vehicle? Is that a normal thing? Like, is or were they just going out of their way to be like jerks? Because you know, police can be jerks. 
And that's another thing. People were kind of blaming the police. Like, I keep calling them the police, but it's like the sheriffs. Um, they kind of think that they were neglectful in this case. So that's weird. Like, I do think that's strange. I don't know how it works. If you do know, let us know. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, so I guess all her belongings went in the vehicle and she was released around midnight without anything. Um, I'm not sure whether she was allowed to make a kind of like a have a courtesy call. I'm sure she would have if she would have asked the maybe like a receptionist up front in the sheriff's department to borrow the phone to call her family. I'm sure they would have said yes. I, there's someone someone has to be there 24 hours. You know, it, it's never closed fully. So I wonder if that was an option that she had. I wonder whether she was coherent enough to ask to borrow the phone. Um, maybe they told her no. Did they tell her no? Did she not ask? Did she just leave? So this is very strange. The police, the sheriffs keep calling them the police. The sheriffs kept saying that they never found any suspicious behavior on her part like they didn't see anything like that so they kind of released her um at one point after the case you know this disappearance had occurred they kind of stated that the reason she she was released was because you know I guess that's part of normal procedure of theirs which was another thing that was raised um a concern that was raised by a lot of people including my Teresa's parents um However, the sheriff's department did tell the parents that they offered her to stay after she was released to stay in the lobby area up front, but she refused and she just left. And because she's an adult, um, they could not stop her. So she leaves into the mountains. And it is theorized that my trees tried to get back to Malibu from the mountainous area up north walking trying to go find her vehicle which was at another location around that area and that she probably got lost the bizarre thing is that if you look if you search up this sheriff's office in google maps you can see that it's right it's right on on a highway and then the opposite opposite side of that highway is a city i think it's like i'm gonna get it wrong i think it's calabasas so it's very populous. So she, instead of going to somewhere else, like right next door, right in front of the station, she went back south through the mountains in the darkness, trying to find something, her vehicle. People think, who knows? So my trees disappear after this. They never find her. They don't find her for a long time. And the last known sighting of her after she exited the sheriff's station was a news reporter, I think a local news reporter in the Los Angeles area, called the police that night around September 17th, or early morning, basically, I think, yeah, 16th, 17th, um, and reported that a young woman was seen walking and that at one point she was seen leaning on his house, sitting on his back steps apparently this area is very wealthy it's in the malibu area the calabasas area so it's where the you know millionaires probably live and he called 911 
And they actually do have that 911 call, and you can listen to it too somewhere on the internet, I'm sure. And he basically describes her just to the, to the T. You know, she's an African-American girl. She He says that she has this afro, and she he describes the uh, clothing she's wearing, which I can't recall right now. I should have written it down. But um, And that at one point, he looked through the window or through his door when he saw her in the darkness. It, this was like in like after she was released so it was like early hours of the morning like maybe one two three around there and then he asked her if he she needed anything and that she told him no i'm just resting and that that was it and then she he went somewhere else inside his house to call the authorities and when he came back to see if she was there she was gone this was his backyard like i said um Apparently, he mentioned that, well, this area is very wealthy, a wealthy area, wealthy neighborhood. So they have like a kind of like a trail behind the homes, if I'm not mistaken, where people just can walk there or ride or whatever leisurely. So there's not a lot of barriers. It's not like an encased house where she broke into the yard or something like that. So that was the last known sighting of my trace. And this was in Mulholland Drive, which is a very famous name, but it's in the Malibu area. So that was that. The next day, early hours, my Trace's mother, Latisse, calls the sheriff's department again. Okay, so before I move on, this was around 6.30 where this man, his name Bill Smith in Montanito, from KTLA News saw my trees. He saw her at 6.30 in the morning. So then later on that day, that morning, her mom calls the sheriff's department and they tell her, oh, she was released around like midnight and she left. And the mom's like, what do you mean she was released? I called you yesterday and you told me that she wasn't going to be released. I'm very worried because, you know, she doesn't know that area. My daughter wouldn't would be totally lost over there you know we are from the los angeles area center over there to on the what am i saying like on the southeast side you know of malibu they're pretty far apart so like and, and my trees mom basically tells this guy on over the phone like my daughter has never even written a bus like she wouldn't know where to go who to ask for directions she doesn't have anything her car's impounded and then, like I said, her phone and everything else was in the vehicle. So she's out there alone. Um, and the guy sounds kind of nonchalant again. Like, like, oh, wait, what was her name? Oh, you know, and, she, and the mom, it's, it's pretty heartbreaking because she gets very emotional over the phone. And, you know, she tells this uh, deputy is because my daughter has depression um, and I'm worried for her. This it was later revealed by the family that my trees was going through a severe bipolar episode when this happened, and they kind of held or pointed fingers at the sheriff's department for not recognizing the signs of bipolar disorder or maybe a manic episode and not calling for her to be put in a hospital, like a um, I think it's called a 5150. I need to double check on that. But um, instead of just arresting her. So this is where it, it gets very complicated. And it's a he said, she said kind of thing. 
I do find it peculiar that her mother did not say this while she, on, on her first call to the sheriff's department where they kind of confirmed, or they confirmed that she was indeed uh, being held because of this incident at Geoffrey's. However, they also did not mention to the mother that she was called that she was arrested after being after they were called to Joffrey's because she was acting bizarrely and she couldn't um, pay her bill in quotations. But to them, like I said, they did not find that she was acting weird at all. So they just arrested her for marijuana possession as well as for um, skipping out, dining and dashing kind of thing, you know. So, but back to the mother and the first call she made the night before she did not mention that my trees as was was had bipolar disorder or she and she did not mention that she was suffering from depression and therefore she was worried about her um she mentioned that in the second call after she was released the next morning and she only mentioned that she had depression she did not de- she did not mention the bipolar disorder which i think i would have mentioned it well i think what well, we say i think i would have i would have done this i would have done that in different things different scenarios but you know what at the end of the day let's I, we can't say for certain because everybody reacts differently. And when the time comes, like something like this, maybe you go blank. Maybe you don't think of that. Maybe, you know, you just, you don't know how you, you'll react. And so I found it strange that the mother did not mention this, that she was suffering from, you know, other mental health issues aside from depression. I'm not putting any blame or anything like that. I'm not I'm not judging the mother or anything like that. I'm just saying how I, I found it peculiar, you know. But that's the last time they see my trees. She has she's not seen again for a while. The mother and the family immediately, you know, ask for help. They go searching for my trees all over Malibu and in the Montanito um, mountains that mountains area that connects Malibu to Calabasas, um, right northwest of Los Angeles, the greater, the city, actual city of Los Angeles. And remember, she went, she goes missing September 16th, 2008, I think. 2009? Oh, geez. But they, anyway, they conduct all these searches, a lot of people get together to help find my trees. And I guess I should have put this in the beginning, but my trees is not was not a problematic person in that sense. She had a clean record as far as I know. She never had trouble with the law or anything like that. And the and contrary, she was very accomplished. She had, I think, either a bachelor's or a master's in, I want to say either like psychology or something of that nature. That's something, that's a field that she wanted to pursue. She was in beauty pageants growing up. So she was very kind of straight and narrow. And she was a lesbian at the time. She had a girlfriend, which um, that's just some tidbits about my trees. Um, her life and her as a person or character. But um, so she's not found. They spend almost a year trying to find her. And the family obviously is not happy with the sheriff's department. They place a lot of blame on them for having released her in midnight rather than the day after. They place a lot of blame, I think, on the sheriff's department for not 
um, calling for a 5150, which I already looked, and it is a California law code for temporary involuntary psychiatric commitment of individuals who present a danger to themselves or others due to mental illness. And then again, that's quite, it's quite shocking because the restaurant said that she was acting very bizarre. That was one of the reasons why they were called, aside from her not being able to pay the bill. But how did the, how did the authorities not see the bizarre behavior when the restaurant people did? And when the mother told them afterward that she suffers from depression and whatnot, um, it was clear that she was not inebriated. It was clear that she passed the sobriety test that the sheriff's deputies um, gave her. And so they didn't see any of this bizarre behavior where they thought that maybe we should call, you know, we should send her to the hospital, have her checked out. Um, it's very strange. And it makes you, it makes me think, like, why? Were they just being assholes and they were just like, no, this, you know, she did pass a sobriety test, but this chick has marijuana. She's probably like drunk or something. She's fine. We're not going to do that. We're not going to, you know, help her out and take her to the hospital for a checkup. We're just going to send her to the jail and she'll get sober up the next day. You know, I don't know if this is the case. This is just a theory, but it does make you wonder. I do have an acquaintance who is a police officer. And, you know, he always tells me how these stories where they apprehend individuals who are acting very bizarre, who are, who they later find that they are, um, they have mental illness, whether they're schizophrenic or bipolar or something like that. Um, and when they arrest them, they usually arrest them because they are acting bizarre or they're out doing crime or something like that. Um, and they take them to the hospital for a checkup because they have to, because they're acting bizarre, you know, and they're acting manic or what not, whether they know that person's history or not. You know, I think they can tell when something is maybe not right. Um, so they take them to the hospital for a checkout and they stay with them all through the night if it takes because that's their duty. And then they'll, once they're checked out by the doctors, um, they're cleared and then they'll take them to jail or whatever else proceeds after that. So I find it strange that this was not applied to my trees. Obviously, it's a different state, but you would think that it's California where, where my trees disappeared, there'd be more. I don't know. Willing to help somebody. I mean, I live in Texas. I don't know. So this was strange. So is it, what is the truth? I don't think they've ever answered that. They just kind of stuck to their guns, the sheriff's deputies, the, this department anyway, and kind of kept reiterating. And I think they still now do that. They did not see her act weird or act bizarre or talk about Michael Jackson and how all, all these other things that, um, the people at Joffrey said that she was acting. So wh why? What is the truth? I really don't doubt. I don't think that... She, that um, I don't completely buy that there wasn't any sign that she was, wasn't dealing with something. So I have no idea. What do you think about that? But anyway. So even people, families from other missing people... They joined the search for my trees, and they couldn't find her. However, after a long search and back and forth, 
Maitrese's body was unfortunately found almost a year later in August 2010. That's why I was getting the dates mixed. She disappeared September 2009. Yes. And she was found September, August 2010. Yeah. She was not found alive, unfortunately. She was found deceased. Her body was found in the Montanito area, in the mountainous area between Calabasas and Malibu. Um, it was, I think I read some places that it was near a highway or a road. And the conditions that her body were, was in was very strange because it is said that her body, I've read reports that state that her body was skeletonized. And it was also mummified partially and that her head was detached from her body and was placed on top of it. And her clothes was found scattered next to her or on the branches like the bushes. And I think certain items such as her underwear was missing. They never found that. So it was very shocking, very shocking, very bizarre the manner in which her body was found, her remains were found. This led to a lot of other theories, people trying, you know, accusing the law enforcement, thinking maybe they had something to do with it. Maybe, you know, they offered to, they didn't even take her to the jail or maybe they asked, maybe a deputy, who knows, allegedly, maybe theory, um, offered to take her somewhere, maybe to look for her car or something like that, and they kidnapped her, or maybe a random stranger after she left this sheriff's department picked her up. Maybe she hit, you know, she was asking for a ride, and they took advantage of her situation and killed her. Nothing, unfortunately, has come out of that. Her death was, I think, ruled natural causes, which I think it might have been, like, because of the conditions of the area. It doesn't say that she died due to like a fall or uh, like a gunshot wound or a knife, nothing like that. It was just that she, it was kind of, she died due to the circumstances of her surroundings. But it's still very strange, nevertheless. And I don't think I've ever heard of a body being mummified, let alone partially mummified um, in that type of climate, I guess. Um, obviously, when there's extreme weather, extreme circumstances, you obviously hear and there are always news about bodies, especially very old bodies being mummified and found or the mummification process that happens in Egypt or in ancient Egypt and whatnot. But it, it's rare when you when somebody dies like my trees did and is partially mummified. It's very weird. Um, I've read some reports where people say it's normal or not normal, but it can happen in that area due to the air and the mountainous, um, range and whatnot. So that is a possibility. So I'm assuming it's not all that impossible, but her head was detached from her body. And I think the authorities kind of conclude that, 
The way her remains were found were because she was probably walking back to Malibu or trying to find the tow yard where her vehicle was. She got lost. She got exhausted, maybe dehydrated and succumbed to her environment. And they think that the that animals um, kind of messed with the scene of her death and her body, her remains. So and that's that. But it's so weird how her body was her not her body her head was found on top of her body, and I think I also read that one of her arms was angled very strangely. Um, so this case is very devastating, but and it's very weird, and I can see why a lot of people have don't believe entirely what the sheriff's department has declared it to be, and that's another thing that it is reported that allegedly when they found the body it was found by hikers or let me double check no i think it was found by i think it was a group of law enforcement agents that were scavenging the area for potential drug related kind of travel or illegal travel in the mountains and something like that and they found the body so they contacted the authorities and they sent the this sheriff's department deputies, and they sent the coroner, the medical examiner, I want to say. The thing is that it is alleged that they moved the remains and they moved the body from its original position before the medical examiner arrived. In even though the medical examiner or the medical personnel that conducts the dealings with dealing with the remains and examining all that, they had told them not to touch the scene. They did anyway. They contaminated it. They moved things around. Who knows what they did? People were very upset about this, and rightfully so. So that's another thing that added to the um, the strangeness of this case. The the distrust it caused even more distrust from the public and from the family with these law enforcement agents in this area because like why do you move the scene like are you hiding something did they place it there and then pretended to find it did um maybe there was something else there that could have been given more information on my Teresa's last moments maybe if it wasn't an accident or just a natural death maybe it was somebody maybe it was a murder or something they kind of did away with all of that. So that was because they messed up the scene of the crime, which was very upsetting to the family, and rightly so. But my Teresa's family did file a lawsuit against the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. And they basically argued that they should not have released my Teresa from jail at midnight without any possessions, anything like that, especially with her state of uh, well-being, given that they claimed that she was going through a very depressive episode. And then they later, later in, the, in one of the lawsuits, they stated that she suffers from bipolar disorder. So it was, it was a tense situation. Um, they also were upset you know i don't think they bought the whole thing that there was just a natural untimely death um out of just the circumstances you know i think the family probably had some sort of some questions and suspicion on 
what is the truth? Like, are we being told everything that was right, that was true? But so they sued the Los Angeles County. And in 2011, the Richardson family did settle this civil lawsuit with the with L.A. County privately for nine hundred thousand dollars um in 2017 the california attorney general's office which i think was kamala harris if i'm not mistaken uh concluded that an investigation into the circumstances um based on maitrice being released from jail at the time she was and in the alleged conditions that she was by one party versus the other one that said she didn't have anything, like she wasn't acting strange, um, then nobody would be charged. So it was, I think that ended this case. So, and like I was mentioning, they searched for my trees for nearly a year. Her family conducted a lot of search and rescue operations with a lot of volunteers, over like 300 people, um, all throughout the remainder of 2009 and into 2010 until they found her in August 2010. And they never found anything. They, you know, and they searched a lot of the Malibu Montanito Canyon, and they never found anything until these... um other individuals did. One thing that I do want to mention, aside from, you know, this, well, the current situation with this case, was that they did find these very strange graffiti type of art um, that was very sexually explicit and borderline really offensive and depicted African American women near this area, this mountainous area, kind of in the middle of nowhere, which was very strange. People thought and questioned, like, is this a message from maybe a potential killer? Is this re related to my trees? Um, and you can find this graffiti online. Just Google my trees Richardson graffiti. And it it's creepy. It's bizarre. Um, maybe it's a coincidence. I mean, it is the greater Los Angeles County area. So maybe it's, you know, Hollywood and all that art. Or is it just, a, is it just a coincidence? Like, it's strange. Another thing that was very interesting that is still talked about today is the fact that residents around this area um, heard screams coming from, I've read, either an abandoned house or a nearby area, and they heard a woman screaming. And I think at one point, they, some people say that they had seen a woman with a man. Um, they did not give description on if it looked like my trees or not. So people theorize, could it have been my trees, the person that was heard screaming? Could it have been that somebody picked her up and took advantage of her and killed her and then disposed of her body. Um, I don't think they called the authorities at the time of them hearing the screams or anything like that. This kind of just was shared after the fact, after she went missing. So it was not concluded that that was related to this case, but needless to say, it's very strange. And remember I told you that her mother later in one of the lawsuits claimed that Maitreese had bipolar disorder and was suffering from a very bad manic episode at that time. Um, 
Well, her, my Teresa's girlfriend, her name was Tessa Moon, or her name is Tessa Moon, refutes the claims that she had a mental illness. So I don't know if it's just another thing. He said, she said, I mean, I'm sure the tension is running high, the emotions, given the tragedy, tragic end over this case. But it's unique, to say the least. But anyway... The Attorney General's office at the time, Kamala Harris's office, uh, found no evidence that the sheriffs um, had mishandled the Richardson's family um, and their complaint. But in January 2016, the California Attorney General's office did reverse itself and announced that it was beginning a criminal investigation of the case. So that was something else. I don't know what the end might have been. I don't think it. Let's see. On to, on December 30th, let me look at my notes. On December 30th, 2016, this office concluded that there was insufficient evidence to support criminal prosecution of anyone involved in the handling of the case. So, like with a lot of cases, unfortunately, it's a he said, she said. There's not enough evidence to kind of, or not evidence, but like, what I would say it's like videographic evidence or photographic evidence or taken from cell phones or wiretaps or text messages that can tie or prove concrete that the sheriff's department either violated their position and maybe had something to do with Mitrice's death or purposely mishandled Mitrice's family's um, complaint. And it's unfortunate because the Los Angeles County is known to be tied to a lot of other cases. There's a lot of complaints about them being very corrupt. Like there is in every, in a lot of police, in a lot of law enforcement um, offices. Um, uh, and that, let me clarify, I don't think that all, you know, I'm not anti-police and I'm not pro-police. So what's right is right, but there is a lot of corruption. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they indeed had something to do with it or they indeed did mishandle this situation and got lucky and washed their hands clean out of being held liable for either releasing her when they shouldn't have or not following exactly what they should have, such as maybe ask taking her for a medical checkup, uh, maybe even, who knows, maybe they purposely left out and denied that she was acting strange just to either not get in trouble for not having taken her or placed her under a 5150. Who knows? And unfortunately, we'll never know the truth to that extent. It's unfortunate that her life ended such a way, but it's a very, very strange case. It's a very, um, it's, it's scary, you know, and and it, and it raises the question again, like it has in a lot of different cases where people that have mental illnesses or whatever that might be, that when they are either caught with a law or either arrested for either something, a crime they're may, doing, or maybe just in inappropriate behavior, which they probably can't help if, you know, they have a mental illness or, or certain types. I'm not an expert in this, so please don't take it with a grain of salt, um, that they're often not dealt correctly with the, by the police, by law enforcement, because they are not, not all law enforcement agencies are well trained to deal with people or with people they're arresting or 
helping that have mental illness or whatnot and are often a lot of the time are they lose their lives or they're really injured because the police just don't know how to deal properly with somebody who has a mental illness you know so it's it's it raises a lot of concerns a lot of questions and i think it should be something that should be looked into and maybe they can receive training um but to conclude this case i do think it's strange that you know the people like i said the people at the restaurant stated that she was acting bizarrely and the authority said that she wasn't so, so it's like what is the truth i don't think and a lot other people saw her you know other people that were eating at the joffrey's restaurant saw her and her behavior and what she was talking about and rambling on about things that you know don't did not make any sense so did the uh, deputies purposely leave it out just to be dicks about it in other words i believe it but what is the truth somebody really take advantage of her how did her body end up do and that way why did they move the body without the medical examiner or the coroner's permission after they specifically told the authorities don't touch the body or the scene i'm on my way and they moved it you know i think a lot of investigations are botched and you know unfortunately this family has to deal with the consequences of them you know they they do get some sort of monetary gain at times but what is that even worth you know, that's not going to bring back their uh, loved ones. And one can argue, well, it's to teach those who did wrong a lesson. And hopefully they can n not repeat that with other people, with other cases. But at the same time, they get away with it again and again, you know. Um, so that's where my Trees Richardson's episode ends. Um, thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter, like I said. We, I think I have, like, one follower. Um, my handle is Enigma Z Pod, I think. I think that's it. But if you put Enigma Zone, it'll come out somewhere. So, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. If you can, if you're listening on iTunes, please do us an amazing favor and leave us a four- or five-star review. That would be very helpful um, for morale purposes. <laughs> For morale purposes and if there's anything else that comes in, out in the future about my trees about her family about the investigation the handling of it etc i will go ahead and make another episode and keep you updated um thank you for listening once again and i will talk to you soon bye <laughs>